You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Racing App, in partnership with FitzDares. Hello, thanks for listening to episode 111 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. My name's Charlotte Greenway and it's Friday the 16th of February. Well, whilst things are just beginning to quieten down a little bit in National Hunt Racing before the crescendo at Presbury Park in the middle of March, the last grade one before the festival will be run at Ascot tomorrow. And that's where we'll start this week before hearing about a couple of runners at Haydock 2. The Grade 1 Betfair Ascot Chase has attracted just the four entries and while Sail Away looks like he might be running for prize money, the other three, Ahoy Senor, Lompresse and Pickdorhi, are all Grade 1 winners over fences. Lompresse made a good impression on his comeback at Lingfield after more than a year off the track and is currently a 10 to 1 shot for the Gold Cup next month. He'll possibly have to defy the bounce factor logic tomorrow and Tom Stanley caught up with his owner Andy Edwards earlier in the week to find out how he was feeling. Um, I'm really calm actually. Um, I wait um, Yeah, I don't have any nerves. Um, obviously people around me are starting to get nervous and excited. It's a mixture of both. But yeah, I'm always, uh, you know, I'm not one of these people that goes into a race with a horse fearing anything else or looking at anything else in there. Um, the main thing for me is the ground and that it's the right ground for him. Which is what? What it is at the moment, good to soft, soft in places. Ideally, it would be soft, uh, given that it was two miles five, you know, a bit shorter um, than, than absolutely ideal for him. But, um, yeah, I'm no, really happy with the weather and the ground at the moment. And I guess you're, in some ways, going back to the to the scene of Ascot, where I, I feel it was when he, he won back in December 2021 that he really burst onto people's consciousness as a... As a as a proper animal, if you like, you know, without without doing any other animals any disservice, but as a as a basically a, as as a potential Grade One horse. Yeah, um, obviously Exeter the two weeks before was um, personally a big moment for me, um, and had a really big grin on Venetia's face after that uh, mm. that performance, and I, I went in the office. On the Monday, I think, or whenever it was, after Exeter, and I said, I know it's a bit quick, boss, but in 15 days' time, there's a graduation chase at Ascot, and she went, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, so um, so we went for that, and my passing comment as I left the office, and I said, and when we win that, we go straight to the dipper, and laughed, and <laughs> she just shook her head. But um, that was actually how it panned out. But yeah, Ascot, when Charlie came back in, under the through the tunnel he just said Andy that was so easy he said that was ridiculously easy and that was when we really knew we had um, the horse that we've got how are you feeling about you know whatever whatever happens this weekend but it, it, the gold cup is a realistic target all being well um as as we sort of get closer to that how how are you 
How do you feel about your horse's prospects in in a Gold Cup, given that we've pretty much seen everything else run their their prep race? Well, obviously, we've got to see what happens on Saturday. Uh, my attentions are uh, about this weekend. Um, um, everyone keeps, you know, hopefully it all pans out well and, and we go to Cheltenham with lots of confidence. As regards the Cheltenham race where people ask me, obviously, galloping to Sean is 183, 184. He's done that those sort of ratings a couple of times and what we've achieved so far on ratings falls short of it um, but it's like every everything in sport uh, and as we've discussed on on the program um, it's what you've got inside your, your emotional and your mental grit and determination and the difference I feel with Lompresse is he has something about him where he really doesn't want to be beaten. He does not like it. Um, and he's extremely determined um, in that in that sphere. And I think that's worth a lot in a race, especially uh, a, a, a nutritional race such as the Gold Cup, where there is no quarter given. He's definitely got the right aptitude for that type of race. The ultra-consistent pick Dorhey looks to be the main challenger to L'Ompresse tomorrow. He was beaten less than two lengths by Bambridge last time at Kempton in the Silvignaco Conti Chase, where he looked the winner for most of the race. And I managed to catch up with Harry Cobden this morning on his way to Fakenham to ask what he made of the performance at Kempton. I thought he ran a blinder. Um, I was delighted with the way he jumped. I thought he jumped well. The only fence we missed on the way around was the last... Um, Ambridge is obviously a very good horse on his day, so um, you know I, I think he's um, he's more than up to going very close on Saturday. I know officially we've got to find a bit with um, Lahan Presse, but his you know his Lingfield run the other day was very good, but um, I don't know. Like he did have a hard race. He was off the back of a long layoff. Um, I don't. Sometimes the horses that do that can sort of bounce on their second run a little bit, can't they? So um, that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping might happen. And just picking up on his on his last run, I think you reported after the race that he hung left-handed a little bit. Is that just him, or did anything come to light? Um, I don't know. I didn't really um, find out after if there was if there was anything wrong with him. But I schooled him in the week and. Um, he felt fantastic. He was dead straight. So uh, I, I, hopefully that won't be a that won't be an issue. And ground wise, does he need it to be a bit slower to be at his best? I mean, you could probably argue the same for Lompresse, but I think it's good to soft at the moment. Will that be all right? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure he wants it hock deep, um, but he certainly doesn't want it quick ground. So uh, I'd say nice ground won't be a problem. And Brave Kingdom, he's back this season after a long layoff. He's won both his starts over fences. He goes in the Reynolds Town. He's an eight-year-old that's only run six times under rules. How do you rate his chance tomorrow? Oh, well, he's obviously not short of ability. Um, lovely big chasing type. Um, officially, we've got a bit to find with um, Apple away, and obviously she's getting um, the mayor's allowance up there as well. So um, she's going to be a tough nut to crack, but I certainly wouldn't underestimate this horse. He's got plenty of big days ahead of him. And might he be the type that could turn up in a uh, handicap at the festival if he puts in a good performance tomorrow? Um, 
I'm not sure he's probably got enough experience for that just yet. Um, but, you know, he is a good horse and it wouldn't actually surprise me if he sort of turned into a... I'm not sure who sponsors the race now, but maybe a Labrick Trophy or Coral Gold Cup at Newbury or whatever they want to call it. So, um, um, like, he could be he could be a horse like that for next season. At three under through five, he goes in a valuable handicap chase tomorrow. He's finished uh, second twice on both his starts this season. Will it be enough of a stamina test for him tomorrow? Um, I think so. I, he doesn't actually want bottomless ground. Um, I, I, I think his, his better runs are on sort of good soft ground. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the handicap has got him exactly where he wants him. He, he doesn't have much in hand at all, but the only thing he is, is he's ultra consistent and, um, you know, if he's on his A game, I can see him going very close, but... Um, yeah, it'd be just nice if the handicapper give him a bit more of a chance. He's, of course, got an entry in the National. Do you see him as that sort of type of horse? Possibly. He'd need to sharpen up his jumping, but, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't see the trip being an issue. I, I, I definitely think he'd stay the trip. Ahoy Senor certainly has the ability to feature on some of his form from the last couple of seasons, but this time around, things haven't quite gone right for him yet. But he'll enjoy the decent ground and certainly can't be ruled out. His trainer, Lucinda Russell, has the favourite in the Reynoldstown novices chase earlier in the card, Apple Away, who will be taking on Brave Kingdom that Harry just discussed, and also the well-fancied Kilbeg King. Trained by Anthony Honeybull, he's been ambitiously campaigned this season and remains lightly raced, and I got the lowdown on his chance, but not before hearing about Anthony's two runners at Haydock on Saturday, both with good chances. At Haydock, we've got Coquelicot in the mare's listed listed hurdle. Um, bit of a debate whether to go for the Potemps with her over three or stick to get the mare's event, listed mare's event. So being that it's heavy ground, we've gone there with, with her. Um, she should have a you know a very solid chance um you wear it well not sure how they price it up but you wear you wear it well we'll, we'll probably be favorite there and we, we should be sort of thereabouts anyway have a nice chance with her she can't handle the ground well um we've got credo in the grand national trial she's run really well up at um haydock on well, a few occasions this season in, in decent races um and she obviously ramps fourth in the classic chase at warwick last time out she's been a real star for us this season um run really good races um won won a nice race first time out at wing canton and then as i say she's she's run well in all those big handicaps that she's running um i think twice at haydock and, and once in the classic chase so um we managed to get five weeks break into her from from that last run at warwick um so i'm hopeful she would be on song and um can go close and that should cope with the ground and she obviously copes with the course and distance and just on her, she must be a real yard favourite because I was looking through her form. She's been out of the four once, and she was finished fit, and she only finished fifth that day. So uh, she's yeah. ultra consistent. Yeah, l- lovely mare. She's actually not. I mean, she's 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 a very um, she's quite a dinky. So it's not not overly big um, big mare, but um, she's uh, she just took to chasing really well. We couldn't really work out why we didn't win more um, hurdle races with her. We really struggled to win really struggled to win a hurdle race with her at all to be honest but um she she um yeah she as soon as we scored her over fences she was always gonna have a go at fences but we just couldn't believe quite how good she was and she she puts a lot of the big 
big scopey geldings to to shame really because she she sort of stands off further than them schooling at home and you know just her brain is she's very brave and yeah got more scope than some of the geldings um yeah she's she's been a star this season and it'll be hard work no doubt at Haydock on Saturday we've seen the Grand National Trial run many times as a bit of a slog is that the kind of test that'll suit her well I think it's yeah, I think it should all be fine. Um, I suppose accumulation of tough races this season um, could could um, could catch up with her, but she seems fine at the minute. So, um, yeah, I don't think it'd be any excuse. I think she she'd handle the ground. Um, as I say, she, we know she's good over the course of distance. So, and obviously, she has stayed. We've always thought she is all about stamina. The more we've run her, the more we've come to realise she is all about stamina. She will generally she travels and jumps very economically so that should help her get through this race um, and be there at the business end so yeah we're very hopeful with her um we've got and say at Ascot we've got Kilbeg King and the um Reynolds down novice chase as well and he must be one you're looking forward to because his run in the Corto Star last time was looked far and above his best run to date he's obviously very unexposed he's not run many times do you do you think he was flattered at all that day by coming off the pace, or was that the sort of performance you've always oh, known he was capable of? Yeah, um, yeah. I think we always planned just to drop drop in, um, go down, go around the inner, drop in, and and sort of pick up. I suppose pick up the pieces a little bit, but um, yeah, he. I think everything was kind of always geared towards that race for him. All right, we would have liked to have gone there. Um, we'd like to have gone there being favourite or something like that. But we sort of went there a little bit on the back foot, but we still sort of felt we'd be brave enough to have a go at it. And he was geared up. He he did take two runs to get fit. Um, he's a really big, burly horse, and he, he really needed those first two runs. Um, so it was all geared towards running well in that Corto style. We obviously would have liked to have gone there, like I say, a little bit more um, of a, of a favourite. But... Um, yeah, he it, it didn't surprise us really that he showed up so well, and I think um, they did go good old lick early on. So he sort of had to stay out the firing line a little bit, but um, there were certainly two that all, sort of found it all a bit too hot quite early on. And he was the one that um, yeah he managed to. I mean, Hermes Allen and the French horse really um, went at it, and um, we managed to pick up. I did think turning in for about five seconds, I thought we might win. And then the next five seconds, I thought, well, we, we, we might be second here. And to be fair, Hermes Allen really stuck to the task well to hold us off. Um, but uh, we made a little bit of a mistake at the last. But, um, yeah, I think that gives him a yeah, real good um, shout on Saturday in the Reynolds Town, that run. And ground-wise, Ascot seemed to have escaped the rain that the rest of the country seems to have seen. It's currently good to soft there. Will that suit him? Um, yeah, yeah, I'd be, it'd be perfect to be quite honest. And obviously, he's run well around Punchestown over hurdles a bit, but you know, right-handed, undulating, and I think that that will suit. I mean, the Reynolds Town really does suit him well. I think the setup of that um, always takes a bit of jumping, Ascot, but he's got the experience now. Um, so we're sort of we're, we're, we're sort of everything's primed and ready for for Ascot. So we just hope he, you know, hope he. And it goes goes very close there. Um, I mean, he's obviously in the national hunt chase at the, mm. the the festival, which would be. We're just hoping everything goes right on Saturday, and then we can look forward to um, running him in the, the the race at Cheltenham. And so that's the preference because he's he's a lot shorter price for that than he is the Brown Advisor. I think he's about a fourteen to one chance. So that would yeah. be the idea, is it? Yeah, there was only eighteen. I think there's only eighteen left in there. So that's at this stage. Mm. So um, I just feel like we'd have to take a punt on the trip. I don't, don't, he, he's not. He doesn't race over keen or dinner. I mean, you'd have to have a go. 
Um, we'd have to have a go at it, I think. Um, if we'll be, we just need things to go right. I mean, his Gold Cup kind of is at the minute is obviously the Reynolds down, um, and then we're just um, hoping that we can um, look for. You know, if we can run well in that, we can look forward to the to the race at Cheltenham as well. That's what we'd hope, and then, uh, potentially on to Punchestown again to finish the season. That's kind of how we're feeling at the minute, but. Um, Fingers crossed. Just with regards to Cheltenham, would you have a jockey in mind for him already, or is that something you'll sort nearer the time? Yeah, well, I, I haven't looked. I don't think. I, I think we should be able to get uh, Will Biddock for that for that race. Um, obviously, he'd he'd, be, he'd probably Paul Nichols would have first call on him for a race like that. But I don't. I, I don't think Paul's got anything left in there. So from what I can remember, so I, I think we were all clear probably to get Will Biddock for for him in that. Now, episode two of Nick Luck Daily USA in partnership with Whitehorse Insurance Group dropped last weekend. And this time it was an in-depth interview with US Jockey Club chairman Stuart Janney III. This new monthly US series delves into the troubles that the US racing industry is currently facing, as well as possible solutions to protect the future of the sport. This latest interview covered a variety of topics, including doping, wiretapping, Heiser, Bob Baffert, a dirt surface versus synthetic one, and much more. So here's an extract from when Nick asked Stuart Janney whether, with all these problems surrounding the sport, does he really believe it can be reformed, or is it too late? Oh, I think it can be reformed. Um, you know, number one, it has to be. Uh, not going to exist uh, with you know, the amount of money we're getting from non-gaming sources if we're not, you know, something that people are proud of. So it's got to be. And I think we're on our way. Uh, I mean, the point I made over and over again that did not see the light of day is how bad the state regulatory system was. I mean, just think of New Jersey, where Mr. Navarro, was winning every race he pretty much entered, was in a bar crowing about how he was the juice man and nothing happened, basically. I mean, that's how bad it was. And it wasn't just New Jersey to single them out. Um, you know, I, I, I made a lot of enemies 10 years ago when I said how bad Pennsylvania was, that it was just awful. And they were doing things down there at a regulatory level that were just extraordinarily bad. So I said to, to her, you know, what if you did those things in football or baseball? I mean, think of when the Houston Astros were accused of stealing signs and the only people were some very sleepy sports commissioners in Texas that were supposed to do something about it. I don't think a lot would have been done. Uh, and so, you know, it's not the people in racing that are bad. The people in racing are like anybody else. There are a certain number of people that are bad. There are a certain number of people that are great. And they're a lot like the rest of us who, you know, are tempted or, you know, one way or another. But over time, if you see nobody is regulating you, you see the money there. You see somebody else gathering horses, gathering purses, gathering owners, and you can't pay the check. I mean, you can't pay the bill. I mean, and nobody's watching the store. 
I mean, why should we think that we would get any result other than what we got? And that's why I'm so passionate about HISA, because it is the opportunity for us to do what other sports have done. The full episode is available under the normal Nick Luck Daily banner via your podcast platform of choice and is well, well worth a listen. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Have a lovely weekend and I'll be back with you on Monday morning. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association and by the racing app in partnership with Fitstairs.